Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey, gorgeous. Welcome back to Chill and Prosper for another juicy episode. Um, You know, we love talking about money. We love talking about real stuff, uh, challenges, mistakes, all the things. And today we are talking about, um, well, something that's personal to me, I guess, but hopefully it will be helpful to you as well. I want to, I'm talking about my journey with ADHD and my journey to being diagnosed with it, how I work with it in my business and a few of those things. Now, if you don't have ADHD, I would say still listen because it will help you if you have um, people in your life. Like, and so you might have clients, you might have suppliers, you might have team members, you might have family members, you might have kids with ADHD. And hopefully it will give you some insights about um, how you can thrive with it, but also some of the challenges that, you know, people in your life might have. So, and also... You might listen to this and realize you also have ADHD. And I'm finding that's happening more and more that people my age, especially women who have fallen through the cracks in in being diagnosed, uh, are realizing more and more. And it it might even happen where you go, nah, Denise, everyone's got that. And this is what it's starting to spark with a lot of my friends who are entrepreneurs who clearly have ADHD. And they're going, oh, that sounds like me. Maybe I should explore it. And yeah. (laughs) Okay. So um, let me just tell you what sparked that for me, first of all. So my son, George, uh, he was at daycare and like he had some really challenging behaviors and we were were very challenged by some of his behaviors and we were going to counseling and getting help and all that kind of stuff. So his daycare suggested that we get some extra help with George and we get some occupational therapy, some OT with him. Um, We did six months of OT uh, with George and we went and got some supplements and, you know, spoke to child psychologists and things like that. And then at the end of that, the OT said something and it was like, the day before Christmas, it was our final call with her. And she was like, I just, I have a feeling. I just, I don't know if it is, but I just don't want to not say it. And I was sitting there going, just say it. Like we're looking for a solution for our son and his challenging behaviors. Just say it. And she goes, I think he like, oh, uh, he might have ADHD. And just a light bulb went inside me. And I went, oh my God, he totally does. And I want to say straight off the bat, like I don't have any stigma around this. I know a lot of people do um, and I'm so open to talking about it and how it impacts me and my business and my family. But that's kind of all I'll say about um, George. Like it was a really um, – and then it's been really challenging. Like it's, you know, trying to – there's big long wait lists and all the things, right? But I'll just talk about me from, from now on. So I started reading stuff about ADHD and then <laughs> like a lot of people I go – wow, that sounds like me. Oh, wow, that sounds like me. And then, of course, I started following more ADHD accounts and then they start talking about how it presents for women or or for girls or things that were missed. And I was like, oh, that's totally me. Oh, man, that's totally me. That's totally me. So I went to see my doctor. I got a referral to see a, a specialist. It took eight months to get that referral. But I think even in the meantime, just that validation of going, wow, maybe my brain is different. Maybe it's not just like 
maybe I'm not just a procrastinator. Maybe I'm not just lazy. Um, and I started seeing everything from my life in such a completely different lens. That's been the biggest blessing for me, just going, oh, wow, that's why. Oh, wow, that's why, that's why. Um, so I was really nervous leading up to the appointment with the doctor because I I felt like, oh, everyone's everyone's getting like diagnosed with ADHD. Like it's so trendy. I don't want to just be one of the trend, like jumping on this bandwagon. Um, and I think that's because, you know, when you surround yourself with it and because I'm surrounded by so many entrepreneurs who likely have it as well, it's... It's really like you sort of, you go, no, but that's everyone, right? And so I, was, I had massive imposter syndrome around ADHD. And I, I, I didn't want to talk about it until I had that official badge. And they, spoiler alert, they don't give you a badge at all. You do not get a badge. You don't get a certificate. Um, and so I was like really tiptoeing around it because I felt like I couldn't talk about it. Um, but I was just reading a lot and, and realizing a lot. So I actually prepared a lot for my, my meeting with my doctor. First of all, I was really scared I was going to miss it, um, because it was so important to me. And I, I'm not that kind of ADHD person. I have a lot of systems and processes to not miss things. Um, but I actually prepared a, a chart, like this big, um, big massive piece of paper. And it was a timeline of, zero to 41, which I was at the time, almost 42, and everything in my life that happened that would be suggestive of ADHD. <laughs> and I sat there and I was like so nervous and I'm like, oh my God. And I almost forgot it a million times. And even the process leading up to it, like I've, I had to get blood tests, so I'd forget the paperwork, blah, blah, blah. It was a real mess. So I sat there and he goes, so um, what are you here for? And I was like, well, I think I might have ADHD. And he goes, why do you think that? And then for the next 55 minutes, I went, and I went through my whole chart. And then at the end, he goes, okay, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah, I want to try some meds if that's cool. And he was like, yep, pee in this cup and then I can get you some meds. And I was like, oh, why do I have to pee in a cup? And he goes, well, some people, um, you know, are drug seekers and they're just trying to get the meds. And he goes, but it's a pretty long process. Like you had to wait eight months for this appointment. So there's quicker, easier ways to get uh, meds on the street if you want them. And I went, okay, cool. So uh, he immediately immediately believed me. And I was so lucky because I'm seeing people now who are really struggling to get that um, diagnosis to be believed. And like, it just made me want to cry thinking, oh my God, he believed me. And, um, you know, as follow-up, I had to send some school reports and things. And it was like, you know, Denise really could pay more attention and stuff like that. So I just want to then go back, right? So I'm 42 now and I've been on on meds for um, a couple of months now. And after the break, I'll tell you about that. This is not medical advice. You know this, right? You know, disclaimer, I'm not telling you to take meds. I'm not telling you you've got ADHD, nothing. I'm just sharing my experiences in the hope that it helps you understand, right? So I'll, I'll tell about that after the break. But I just want to go back for a little bit about how this presented in my childhood and why it was so overlooked. One, um, it's it's very overlooked in, in girls and women because I think uh, often we have more coping strategies. It presents a little bit differently for a lot of girls and you can explore this for yourself. But for me, um, I was an obsessive reader and I can see this now um, before realizing about like fidget toys and all the stims that 
people often need. For me, it was reading and I felt incredibly uncomfortable when I wasn't reading books. I felt like the world was too loud. I felt like everything was too overwhelming. So as long as I could hide myself in a book, um, I was calm, I was soothed. And when I say um, like I would read from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed and often I would stay up late and my mum would have to be like, is your light on? So I would like put a towel so I could hide that I was reading. And so I would often read, I would say six to eight hours a day. My school teachers also let me read in class because if I didn't, if I couldn't use that as a self-soothing mechanism, I would be very disruptive. I would talk. I would just like blurt stuff out. I would tap dance under the table because I was a tap dancer. I would get up and you know, drift around to everyone else and disrupt them. Um, and so a lot of my teachers kind of learnt that they, if they would just leave me alone and I could I could listen to a whole lesson and read at the same time. And so when I was like in year like four and five, like I was reading like full Stephen King novels at school and things like that. My readathon, when we did readathon, it would be like three pages of books. Um, and that's why I, I'm such a speed reader today is that I was just reading all the time. It meant, though, that if I wasn't interested in a class, I would fail it because I just couldn't do both. You know, so I I would fail geography, I would fail math, but most of my other subjects I could um, listen to the teacher and read at the same time. Some teachers, though, didn't like that, and I found that um, in primary school where you have one teacher, my teacher was fine. In high school where you might have eight or ten different teachers, some absolutely didn't like it and so they'd say put the book away and I would sneak it on my lap put the book away and so I would close it and go think you asked for this just remember that this is all your fault and then I would (laughs) then I'd be really disruptive and horrible um so that's why my report card was often um you know very uneven it'd be a's and then d's a's and then d's and same at university okay I'm going to take a quick break um to have some water because I'm talking so fast but I, I want to tell about a few more things about how it presented for me um, in high school and then in my 20s and then how it works for me now and about meds too. All right. Speak to you in a sec. Hi, Denise. My name's Dale Potts and I'm a business and career coach. I read Chopinur as part of my library of your books and community, which I've been part of for about three years now. Two things that really stood out for me were the super helpful action guide and the business tracker. The action guide also included the link to the money personality quiz, where I came out as a ruler. I really love this as it confirmed my deepest wish that I'm here to innovate, achieve and empower wealth with grace and ease. My biggest turnaround is that it's safe for me to make money by being chilled. I highly recommend all of Denise's books. They're practical, fun and real. I love them. Thanks for everything, Denise. You really are the queen bee. Hey, Lucky Bees. I'm Dr. Erin Wiseman. I live in the middle of nowhere, Indiana, and I'm a life coach for high-achieving alpha females. I read Get Rich, Lucky Bitch in 2019 and Chillpreneur in 2020. Loved it so much that I made a book club with my fellow coach friends. We got so much out of it, not only just getting together and having connection, but the tips that the queen bee Denise gave us through that book. I would highly recommend it to anyone who's feeling exhausted and overwhelmed in her business. You can have a chillpreneur life. 
Okay, so I got through primary school okay because it was in one spot. And as I said, a lot of my teachers let me read during class. Um, but when I got to high school, a lot of things, a lot of my coping strategies started to fall apart. So I wasn't allowed to read in every class. Um, I didn't know about like fidget toys. It just wasn't a thing in the 90s. Um, and all I knew that is that I felt incredibly uncomfortable in my body a lot and my brain a lot. So I actually developed a few very unhealthy habits. Um, uh, so trichotillomania is something where people pull their hair out. And I didn't pull my hair out so much as I twisted my hair. So I would twirl my hair into massive big knots and then I would pull it and rip it apart. So if I was in an exam that went for two, three hours, you know, those horrible exams, um, I would be pl writing with one hand and ripping my hair out with the other hand because there was just no like there was no way of knowing that right like it, nowadays you could have accommodations where you have a fidget toy maybe you get extra time and I actually never needed extra time but I just needed something to I reckon something to fidget with or I just needed to know that's how my brain worked um, so school is when high school is when a lot of things started falling apart around losing keys losing bus passes uh, so every day I would lose my bus pass. And it was so one of those things of like, why wouldn't you have found a hack for it? But I would get on the bus. I wouldn't have my bus pass. The bus driver would kick me off. I'd have to walk to school. So often I'd be late to school. Um, I'd lose my keys every day. So I'd walk home um, from the bus stop and I'd have to wait for my mom to come home. So that's the most like they're the biggest things that happen is having that trichotillomania, losing things and doing everything last minute. So I can read incredibly quickly and I can create things incredibly quickly. So, because I was always used to being like, oh God, we've got an assignment due today. Okay, I'll do a whole assignment today. Oh, I can read a whole book in the lunch break and do a book report on it in five seconds. Um, and that serves me very well now as an entrepreneur. But as a kid, like I was always in fight or flight because I was just um, – like always felt like I was unprepared. I didn't have the right calculator. I was wearing the wrong uniform. I, you know, it was sweaty because I had to walk to school. And so I was always just felt like I was running late everywhere. Um, to make this worse, I, I do believe my mum has ADHD as well. She doesn't like to think she does. But, you know, so I didn't have a parent who was like, okay, so before we leave the house, do you have your wallet? Do you have your keys? Do you have your bus pass? Because she was always, you know, mile a minute thinking about other stuff too so I can see with my kids like how much we're like oh well oh my god why wouldn't you just buy a little hook to hook your bus pass and your keys onto your bag like why wouldn't you do that but my my mum didn't have that awareness to do that herself right and so yeah we're always running late places we always moved places and it was just a little bit chaos and so I think that's why I never thought that I had it because you know looking at my brother he was always getting in trouble for being disruptive in class. And he was kind of a little bit like the naughty kid, whereas, hey, Denise is just reading in the corner eight hours a day. She's not bothering anyone. <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe she hands her assignments a bit late, but most of the time I'd just done them 10 minutes before and created all this cortisol and stress in my body. But I did it, right? And so it, it didn't seem to bother anybody. It fell apart again when I went to university because um, – Suddenly, people don't give a crap about you at university if you go to your classes or not. You're in different buildings. You're in different, um, like you're not in a year group. You don't have, 
uh, a lot of the coping strategies. So the same thing started happening where, um, but like even worse, like I, I, I failed econ 101 three times. I had to do it in summer school. I failed accounting twice, um, stats twice, demography twice. Marketing subjects, no problem. I'd sit and write full marketing reports um, in the exams. They were like, just do this one thing. And I'd be like, well, here's a marketing plan from that company. I'd make up fake invoices. I have fluoro stuff all over the place, like pictures. And I'd draw the logo. Like I would just be like, blah, 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 blah. But all the other stuff that required concentration, I just couldn't get through. Um, So things really started to fall apart there for me. And my self-esteem was just really bad. Again, I didn't know about things like stims and uh, fidgets. And so in class to keep myself occupied, I would try and write notes with my left hand. I would fill up a whole page of hearts. Um, But more often than not, I would get bored and I would go play um, pool in the pool hall. And I became a total pool shark because I played pool every day. So um, fast forward to my 20s, right? Same stuff. I'd forget my keys every day. I would lose my wallet all the time. I change jobs all the time. I'd do my work last minute. Um, I'd procrastinate until Friday afternoon and then do eight hours of work in like two hours. And it was very stressful, like super, super stressful. And I think um, even then in my 30s, I actually got a lot of done, a lot done in my 30s. And I don't really know how. Like I think that's when I discovered how to do batching, like batching up videos and batching up podcasts and um, using that hyper focus in a, in a really great way, like writing a blog post every week just before it got sent out. And that stuff um, built consistency in my business, right? And so I was very successful um, in my 30s, building Money Boot Camp. And where did it all fall apart again? Okay, I'll be really honest. I've only got a couple of minutes, but I just do want to share this. It all fell apart during the pandemic for me because I wasn't traveling. I wasn't going to conferences. I wasn't seeing people. I didn't have a lot of my coping mechanisms. You know, I used to go to conferences all the time and it would be new and exciting. And suddenly I'm like at home all the time, alone with my brain. And I, oh my God, it was really horrible. <laughs> That's when I was like, I think there's something wrong with me. I need some antidepressant stuff. Um, I was at home, you know, with my kids all the time. When the schools closed, when the daycare closed, like I was just going mental. Um, and sorry for using the word mental, but I was like, my brain was hurting. And I was trying to explain it to my husband, Mark, who um, he doesn't have ADHD. He is a model student. He's never handed in anything late. He's always just done his work without stress and he's married to someone who he just didn't understand why I kept – like I just did everything last minute and and created all this stress for myself. Um, So he was just like, what's going on with you? And I was like, I think I'm depressed. Maybe I've got perimenopause. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm having a mental breakdown. And it was just actually all of my ADHD stuff coming to a head. Um, And so when when, – it was talked about for my son and I just went, oh my God, what? how did I not see this? It, everyone in my family has it. How did I not see it? How did I not see all of those signs? And I didn't and I didn't. Um, but now I do and it's like it's just opened up a whole world for me about realizing what I need to thrive in my business, what I need to thrive as a mom, what I need to thrive as a human being. Because for a long time, especially in my 30s, as I said, I was creating success, creating money. um, I was like, well, I'm not causing trouble for anyone. 
So I just didn't think that I needed something for me. But I, but at the end of the day, I was like, my brain hurts and I don't understand why. And I feel so overwhelmed and I don't understand why. I just thought I had to just get more organized, get a bullet journal, find a, a course. And now it's just given me so much permission to go, wow, this is like, this is what I need. Um, so for my team, I'll say to them, you have to give me very simple binary choices, this or that. And if it's something that I don't need to make a decision on, don't ask me because it will be very, very overwhelming. I need I need strong deadlines because I'll make it happen. Um, I hate when people send me voicemails because it's too overwhelming to listen to it. You know, I, I'm like, send me, send me it in text because I can read it in two seconds. I don't want to have to sit there and listen to you for a minute two minutes, five minutes explaining stuff. Just put it in writing and I can read it in two seconds. Other people are the opposite. You know, like everyone who has neurodivergence needs different things, right? And so I'm just learning about what I need for myself. Um, And as I said, I've been trialing medication. It's been amazing for me. But I had to unlearn that feeling of like, no, you have to suck it up and you have to learn hacks, You have to do it yourself. You have to create a system. And now I see that that system includes medication for me, just like it would be if you needed glasses. Um, People often talk about medication being glasses for your brain. And um, even just that unlearning of like realizing how many layers upon layers upon layers of hacks that I've had to learn from being a really little kid. I've had to learn how to cope with some of the things that stress me out. And I'm unlearning some of those things at the moment, right, which is super empowering and a little bit sad thinking about some of the things that I could have done and achieved if if anyone had noticed. And I don't blame my mom, like, as as I said, she was in a situation, but I don't blame anybody because that was in the 90s, 80s and 90s, a lot of women, a lot of girls fell through the cracks who were exactly like me. So um, feel free to ask me any questions on social media. I'd really prefer if you did it publicly rather than privately necessarily. Um, But if it's something that's really personal, then absolutely feel free to DM me. I just say public because I think it shouldn't be a stigma. It shouldn't be something that we're hiding. Um, And I'm happy to share how things work for me. might not work for you, and I want you to be really clear on that, is you've got to find things that work for you and your brain, not me and mine, because mine could be... And my experiences could be completely different to yours. So, yeah, it works. Like, I can use it as a superpower now, right? I can go, yeah, I can do things last minute. Yeah, I'm good at improvising and, you know, thinking on my feet. Yeah, I'm really good at hyper-focusing and batching things. But I also can't do everything. I can't do everything the way that um, some other people can. And I'm no longer beating myself up over it. So yeah, I hope you found that interesting. Um, I I like probably won't do another solo episode on ADHD because I feel like that's everything. <laughs> but that's just what I want to share. Um, I don't share what medication I'm on because I that really feels like medical advice, and you need to look at it for you and yours if if that's something you want to do. Please don't send me like uh, stuff to say. Oh no, it's not ADHD. It's Kundalini rising. It's a thing. It's a real thing. And I have it. Um, so that's a boundary too. But other than that, like, yeah, let's celebrate. And if it's you as well, like, I hope it sparks some interesting things for you. I hope, um, you know, you can see me as a, a mentor to you if that's something that you have as well. But ah, yes. Ah, thank you for letting me share that. Alrighty, I have one more final thought for you after this short break. 
Hi, my name is Joanna Shero. I am the creator and founder of Savvy Shake Design and Savvy Template Shop. I live in Georgetown, Kentucky. I'm a graphic and web designer. I specialize in helping knowledge entrepreneurs launch their courses online. I joined Money Bootcamp in 2020 when the world went crazy and shut down. But I was in a stage and we're in. I want to embrace more and empower myself more with the knowledge of money. I have read and listened to Denise's book and I knew that she's someone that I can resonate with and I kind of understand her her process and her journey. So since I'm joining Bootcamp, my biggest thing that I've really done was to really hire an accountant, um, to really look into more of my bookkeeping. I have set my calendar every first Saturday of the month to do my expense report using my Google Sheets. So it was just so exciting to go through this process. So if you're one of those who are thinking of joining this Bootcamp, I highly recommend it. It's a best investment for you. The community alone is just so amazing that you would really just love, you know, sharing all of your aha moments as well. And I know that as I still go through all of the process, no matter what stage I am and having Denise and the community and the lucky bees behind me, I know there's more success that I, I can attain. Hey, welcome back. And my final thought for today is about ease, the word ease and easy and how much that can absolutely make people feel so ah, weird about stuff because money's not supposed to be easy, is it? Money's supposed to be hard work, hard work, a hard day's work for a hard day's pay, another day, another dollar. And so where are you resisting ease in your life? Where are you resisting systems that could create ease, uh, outsourcing that could create ease? labor-saving devices that could create ease, upgrading your systems or your technology. You know, maybe you're trying to do work on an old laptop and there's just some part of you that's like, no, I have to make do. I have to suck it up. And really this underlying feeling is that things are not allowed to be easy and profitable. They're not allowed to. And so it could be for you, you have to have an affirmation. It's safe for me to create easy money. It's safe for me to be on easy street. <laughs> that could bring up some stuff for you. It's okay to live a life of ease and abundance. It's safe for me to make a lot of money easily. I can be lazy and rich. I can be laid back and rich. It's safe for me to choose the upgrade. It's safe for me to pay for convenience. And it could be in really small ways. And I actually encourage you to do it in small ways. Practice parking closer to the venue paying for valet parking, what is going to create ease that could just be not even a massive big expense, but it could really open up some stuff for you. It could create some bandwidth for you, you know, asking for help in some way. Um, I outsource so many things in my life because I want to create ease around the things that aren't that important to me or that don't make me money that somebody else can do. And it just opens up so much creative bandwidth and space. It's not because you're lazy. It's because there's other things that you want to occupy your time on. You've only got so many, uh, you know, hours in the day. You've only got so much energy in a day. So it's okay for you to choose ease for the things that aren't super important or that can be uh, made more easy. So I want to hear your relationship with the word ease. You can tweet me, Instagram me, send me a message on Facebook. Just share it and, and share your ahas with your community as well. And let's uh, make it safe for us all to make money easily okay i can't wait to hear from you and i will see you next week on another episode of chill and prosper bye 
Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.